0: Well, again, happy Father's Day. My name is Josh. I'm one of the ministers here at Clear Creek. If you are a guest, welcome. We're so thrilled that you're a part of today's gathering. Uh, We're in the middle of this teaching called the Holy Spirit. I know, I know. As soon as I say that, some of you kind of go, the Holy what? The Holy Spirit. As Christians, we believe, the Bible teaches that that we believe there is one God, eternal, omnipotent, all-powerful. He is one, but... He is in three persons, the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, for a lot of us, if you grew up in church, we go, I I know God the Father because, hey, we have dads. Even if I don't have a dad, I know dads, and we kind of understand dads, so I get the Father. We say we understand Jesus because even though we're certainly not God and Jesus is God, he also came as a man. And we understand living life as humans, right? So we get Jesus. But the Holy Spirit? That's just weird. That's kind of odd. And if you're like me and you grew up listening to and reading the King James Bible, we didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. We talked about, say it with me if you know the word, the Holy Ghost. Casper. Really? Really? So what is this Holy Spirit? Because here's the reality. Jesus says he's going to the Father. And when he goes to the Father, he'll then give us a good gift. The Holy Spirit. What a sad thing it would be to receive the greatest gift of all. And yet, because we don't understand it, we never open it and enjoy him first thing I want to say this morning is we are so proud of Charlotte today and the decision she made. We love you, sister. Welcome to the family. Can you all just join me? Man, we're just so glad and so happy for you. And and I, I just want to say this, and Chris, we talked about this earlier this week, how what a great day for your sweet daughter to put her hand in the hand of her eternal father. And I want you to know, sweet sister, you now have the presence of the Spirit of God living in you. You will never be alone no matter what else happens, okay? Also, you're stuck with us. We're sorry, but we love you. So the Spirit of God comes on you. He is now in you. He is with you. This gift of God, before we will experience the movement of God in this church, we must embrace the presence of God in our lives. So we've been looking at who is the Holy Spirit. And last week we left on a you know, sort of a cliffhanger. How many of you like cliffhangers how many of you hate cliffhangers because then you got to wait? Uh, some of you, this is going to date me, but the worst cliffhanger, or maybe best, depending on how you kind of gauge it, was the Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars. You end with Han Solo, frozen in this cryo-freeze. Everything's falling apart, and now you got to wait till they come out with the next movie. And so we left on a cliffhanger last week of the question... Because Jesus, Jesus, he gives his promise, he says, I tell you the truth, in John 14, 12, he says, I tell you the truth, anyone, 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 not just someone, but anyone who believes in me will do what I've been doing. <laughs> no, it can't be, right? Jesus, obviously, is using hyperbole, he say, no, 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 what if Jesus means what he says? That literally, anyone who chooses Jesus, trusts Jesus follows jesus may do what he has been doing the question then is well then how did jesus do what he did and do you remember where we landed it's not that jesus whenever life got hard pulled out his god card and said okay now it's easy rather jesus we looked at scripture after scripture after scripture and the rhythm of his life was throughout the moments that things got hard jesus leaned into the presence and power of the spirit in his life which means hear me now if that's how jesus did what he did and he promises we can do what he did then we're going to have to do it the way jesus did it you following me the spirit is not optional for someone wanting to be like jesus now listen you can come to church and never need the spirit you want to know how Just don't worry about trying to be like Jesus. You don't need the Spirit if you're not trying to be like Jesus. But hear me, if you want to walk like Jesus, live like Jesus, embrace the fullness that God is calling you into like Jesus, then you cannot do it without the Spirit. So the question then is, okay, so so, so how do we do this? I'm going to give you one word. I'm going to give you one word in just a minute. That if you'll embrace this one word, this will change it all. I'm convinced of it, and you say, oh, that's too simple. No. It's simple, but it's not really that easy. But I'm going to show you in a moment. See, we can do what Jesus did as we are filled with the Spirit as Jesus was filled. Let me give you a couple of examples of this. Let's go real quickly. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Paul is going to talk about this idea of being filled with the Spirit because it's not optional. It is essential. He says these words, Do not get drunk on wine. By the way, that's a pretty good rule for life, isn't it? Don't get drunk on wine. Doesn't matter if it's the really expensive bottle or the box wine that you hide above your fridge. Don't get drunk on the stuff. He says, "Don't get drunk on wine," which leads to debauchery, other translations will say, because it can ruin your life. Instead, notice this phrase, "be filled with the Spirit." Be filled with the Spirit. Now, here's what's interesting about this. He's saying, be filled. This is not optional. It's a command. However, it's curious because Paul's talking to Christians who already have the Holy Spirit of God in them. You say, how do we know? Well, because in chapter 1 of Ephesians, he speaks to Christians. Notice what it says. When you believed, that means you're a Christian. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. God, like, put his stamp on your life. And that seal is the promised Holy Spirit. In other words, when you come to faith, when you are baptized into Jesus, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so in chapter 1, Paul says, you were, you have the Spirit in you. And then in chapter 5, he says, but be filled. So which is it? I have it or I need it? I had it or I need to be filled with it. Which is it? And Paul is going to say, yes. Well, that doesn't help, Paul. How do you get filled with what you already got? In fact, this isn't the only place where it gives this idea of, of filling in the Spirit. I'll put this next slide here. Christians who have the Spirit, he's saying, are told to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Next slide. There's a difference, though, between receiving the Spirit and continuing to be filled with the Spirit. Let me give you a couple examples of this. So, in Acts chapter 2, the believers are together in the upper room. Christ has already ascended to heaven, and he has told them, You wait until I send the Spirit of God. And on the day of Pentecost, the Christians gather together, and God's presence comes. And he comes as wind and fire. Wind. Pneuma. That's also the Greek word for spirit. Spirit. The Spirit breathes on them. Fire comes. Why fire, though, you ask? Well, throughout the Old Testament, fire was symbolic of the presence of God. And so it is fire that leads the Israelites through the desert at night, isn't it? The presence of God. It is lightning and fire on the mountain when Moses goes to receive the Ten Commandments, the presence of God. It is fire that falls when Elijah battles. It is the presence of God after he prays. And so you see, the presence of God repeatedly is symbolically shown as fire. So the Spirit comes. Acts chapter 2, and it says, All of them. How many of them? Church? All. Were filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow, they got the spirits. So that's it, right? Wrong. Acts chapter 4, a few weeks or months later, they prayed together, same Christians. After they prayed, the Christians. The place where they were meeting was shaken By the way, how cool would that be If in a moment of prayer the Lord should shake our space Side note How many of us expect the Lord to actually show up When we get together on Sundays? I wish, I wish, I wish that Josh Diggs Would be disappointed when God doesn't show up Versus surprised when he shows up But that's a sermon for another day They were shaken in space And they were all, say this with me Filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God boldly. So they received the Spirit in Acts 2. They begin again and they're receiving it again in Acts 4. Now go to Acts chapter 6. There's a need in the church. The apostles say, select, church, select from among you seven men who are known to be, notice this phrase, full of the Holy Spirit. So now, wait a minute he's talking to the whole church they're talking to the whole church and he says from the whole church pick seven who are full of the spirit what does that say about everyone else so what's going on here okay all right. I don't want you to miss this this is so important so important you receive the spirit of God when you're saved okay I want to be very clear when you come to salvation trust in Jesus when you put him on in baptism that moment you receive the presence of God in your life period But something else keeps popping up here. There's the presence, the feeling, the feeling, the feeling. What is the... Well, it's sort of like a balloon. How many of you kids... I tried... I said adults at first. I said, how many of you adults like balloons? No one put their hand up. How many of you kids like balloons? Anyone? Or how many of you have kids who like balloons? Anyone in here? Again, you're not going to play. It just... All right. Well, we'll go anyway. Let's talk about balloons for a moment here. All by myself. Here we go. Ah. Balloons. Let's talk for a second. This is a picture I want you to take. Empty balloon. It is not full, is it? Here we go. Now, quick question. I'm going to ask it a different way than I asked at the first. For those who are here, you know why. Every space of this balloon is filled with air, correct? It's touching, correct? We could say that this balloon is now full of air, Right? Air, wind, wind, pneuma, spirit, wind, same word. It is full. How many of us would say, though, that there is still space for it to be filled more? Are are you tracking with me? The Spirit of God comes on the believers in Acts chapter 2. And then as they invest and open themselves up, he fills them more. And more? The Spirit of God continues to fill. Question Are they full of the Spirit Church? Wait. How about now? Are they still full of the Spirit Church? Anyone some of you are going, he's gonna pop the balloon. No, I, I won't go that far. The only thing that will keep you or I from being filled with the Spirit of God is if and when we say, I'm done. And we close ourselves to receiving the presence of God. Are you tracking with me, family? So, so, so here's what I want to do. I just want to show you the one word, the one word that keeps you open to God, the one word that will change everything. And this one word, that's okay, this one word, It's the word yes. Okay, I know. <laughs> Some of you are going, I want my money back. Is that all we're talking about today? The word yes? How's that the gift of God? How does that keep me open? Let's talk about the power of yes. How many of us know that yes is a pretty powerful word? In fact, statistically, it is one of the first words you learn as a little one. Now, it's not the first word you learn. How many of us want to take a guess what the first word you learn is? No, that's correct, because we're all sinners. We don't like good things. But then you grow up a little bit, and we teach you better, and now you learn the word yes. This word is so powerful. Consider the things that yes does. You are here because you said yes. You're here in this room because you said yes. You said yes to your alarm clock this morning. You didn't keep saying no, 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 no. Some of you said yes to a cup of coffee to wake you up, or two, or three. You said yes to getting dressed, and we are all so thankful that you did. You said yes to getting in the car. You said yes to coming and getting a seat. You said yes to bringing your kids, getting them into We Worship or their student ministry classes. You said yes, and those yeses led you here, didn't they? In fact, thank you, Keith. I got a yes this morning. Let's talk about why you're even in the city of Chattanooga. Many of you are here because you said yes to a job. You said yes to school. You said yes to a relationship. Yes is a powerful word. I was sitting with two children this morning because a woman named Lindsay Diggs said yes to me. Yes. Yes is a powerful word. In fact, let's talk about why you're a Christ follower. It's because at some point you said yes to Jesus, right? But there were other yeses that preceded that yes. There was the yes to come to church, perhaps, or a yes to talk with a friend and study. There was a yes to baptism. There was a yes to confessing your sins, to admitting you don't have it all together. A lot of yeses brought you to this moment. Are you tracking? All of these yeses were your way of saying, I am Open to the presence of God. Now, on the other side of yes is another word. How many of us want to guess what the opposite of yes is? On the opposite of yes is no. And by the way, if you say... If you don't say yes to God, you're saying no to God. But listen, if you want to open yourself to God's best, you have to start with yes. But see, here's the reality... There's nowhere else to go when you say no. I know that rhymes. I hope you remember it. There's nowhere else to go when you say no. When you close yourself off, that is the end of the story. But when you say yes, you're saying, I'm open. Keep filling me. Keep coming. Now, a lot of us think, well, I'm not going to say no to God. That's awkward. I mean, how many of us in our right minds are going to look at God and go, nope. Not, not a one of us. I'll tell you what we do say, though, is we don't say no. We say Not yet. God, I'll get around to it. Absolutely, I'd love to. Life's just real busy right now. Hey, listen, listen. I'd be a part and invested in the body, but uh, I've still got kids at home. Now, I, you know, I'd be a part of what you're doing, but I've got kids way at school, and I've got to be available to them. Oh, I, I, I know. God, I would, I would talk to someone about what's going on in my life, but, you know, it's just not a convenient time right now. I just, I just not... Yet, listen, listen, listen. Tomorrow's regrets start with today's not yet. When you say not yet, by the way, not yet is just another way of saying what? Because if you say not yet to God, you're really telling him no. You're telling me to do something today, but I'm saying no today. See, there's a yes and there's a no. If you want to know how Jesus did what he did, he said yes every time the Spirit spoke. He said yes every time the Spirit led. He said yes. And so let's talk about some yeses in our lives. And so the Spirit of God, let's, uh, let's start with this one. The Spirit of God begins to prompt and nudge you to become generous with your finances, to be someone who gives and doesn't simply keep. And so you have only two options, don't you? The first one is yes. Yes. And so you say, yes, I will begin to give. But to give, you begin to recognize that you need to figure out how to budget yourself a little more wisely. And so this yes leads to the yes of figuring out your finances. And you get out of debt. You're no longer waking up scared to death because you don't know how you're going to pay the interest, let alone the base or the principal. And so then you get out of debt and you begin to say, well, I'm going to say yes to begin saving as well. And it leads to greater security for yourself, a better example for your kids, a better future for those around you. And then, and then, perhaps this yes leads you to greater generosity, not just in these walls, but out in the city where you begin to see your whole life as a gift from God to be given to others. You get to this yes, not from here, but from saying yes, 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 yes. Do you see what happens? Now, there's only one other option to saying yes to God, isn't it? The only other option is say it with me. No, and there's nowhere else to go when you say no. You'll never get here if you say no. Or let's give another one here. So, so uh, here you go. So this is you. This is a friend, and that's a heart that's broken. Not I know. Just just go with me here for a moment here. So you have this issue of forgiveness. There's an issue that's plaguing you and a friend. Something's happened. You have two options. You can either forgive or, well, there's the other one. So you can say yes to forgiveness. Now, if you say yes, and I'm not saying this will necessarily happen, but maybe you will find reconciliation between you and that person. You'll talk to the mother, the father, the friend that you haven't spoken to in perhaps years. And perhaps that leads not only to greater freedom for them, but freedom for you. You find that you're not as angry, but you now have a greater capacity to open your heart up to other people. And you find that because you were forgiving to one person, you begin to be more forgiving to other people. You don't let slights and offenses cling to you like barnacles on a ship. You are a more forgiving person. And then this leads you to begin to recognize that all forgiveness comes from the one who forgave you. That there's a God who loves you deeply and there is no sin you have ever committed. Hear me. Wake up. There is no sin you've committed or can commit that is greater than the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. But you don't know that until you begin to walk through it yourself and you begin to see this. All because you begin to say yes and yes and yes. You will never get to this yes if you don't start. The only other option is to tell God, no, I'm not going to forgive. I'm going to remain bitter, And I won't get better because I'm bitter." Or what about this last one? And this one I tried to do at first and it was, just, it was embarrassing. Don't laugh too too much here, but, but it's, it's supposed to be a hand, not not... A bunch of sausages. All right. So, anyway, so you got two options here. So, the Spirit of God begins to prompt you to say, I've given you gifts. I've given you natural abilities. I've given you this skill set and I've placed you in a church to serve. You need to start using your gift. Don't just consume, contribute. Yes, receive from the church, but give back in your hands. And, and, and again, a lot of us, we want to say, oh, I just don't have time. No, no, no. But if you say yes, if you say yes, you begin to find that, well, yes you discover you have a purpose in life. God has given you gifts. And from that purpose, perhaps you begin to see that your purpose is greater than just what happens in these walls, but it's what happens beyond the walls. That God has created you for a mission that's bigger than yourself. And as you serve, you begin to inspire your children and your friends, and they begin to see that life can be about more than consuming, but it can be about contributing. And from that, you then begin to see, once again more deeply, how Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And you see why it is more blessed to give than to receive, to be someone who contributes than constantly consumes. But you'll never get to these until you start here, because the only other option to yes, yes I'll serve, is no. Or not now. I'm too busy. Things are just not able to. By the way, this is a little moment. I need to pause. Tomorrow night, tomorrow night, I want to see you with us. 6.30 to 8 p.m. We're going to do a workshop on how to discover your spiritual gift. If you are in Christ, you have a gift from God. And we're going to help you discover how that works. Because I want you to know you have a purpose God has gifted you on purpose, for a purpose For a bigger purpose than you could imagine Now, 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 real quick, quick You've got to register for it Space is limited We may run out of space So, so you've got to sign up You can't just show up But we'll have childcare for your kids as well But here's what I want you to see All of this, all of this, all of this Is yes If you want greater filling of the Spirit If you want to experience the life that Christ Himself lived Listen, how many of us want the peace that does not go away based on the next headline on news? How many of us want the peace that doesn't change every four years with an election or every two years with elections? How many of us desperately want the joy that is more buoyant than the circumstances of life? How many of us need wisdom to know how to navigate the difficulties of life? How many of us men, let's talk fellas, how many of us are just faking ...what we're doing as dads. We don't have a clue what we're doing. In fact, children, you want to know the reason why we have more than one kid? The first one is the guinea pig. We try all of our stuff out, and then if it doesn't work, we'll make more. That's the way it works, okay? Not, Not really, not really. Sort of. And so, don't you want the wisdom of God in your life? Don't you want the wisdom to know right from wrong... ...how to engage people in the moments where life is difficult... Don't you want the boldness to say what needs to be said and not after the fact go, why did I crumple again? How many of us want to be able to be freed from sin? The secret ones, the public ones, the ones that have caused so much pain personally and publicly. How many of us desperately? It all starts with yes. Because the promise is if you say yes to the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God says, oh, you're open? Oh, I can work with that. I can fill you up. See, this is what it means to live in the power of the Spirit. I remember, today is kind of a special day. By the way, Charlotte, you and my son share a, share a birthday today. Uh, today is my son's spiritual birthday just like yours. He was baptized three years ago today. It was a Wednesday night. After service, I baptized him. And then the next day, he said, Okay, Dad, I've been baptized. I'm a Christian. Is that it? What's next? I said, buddy, all it is is now. Every day you wake up and you say, Okay, God. Yes. Whatever it is, yes. Yes. And as you do it, you will experience the filling of the Spirit, the movement of God's presence, and the changing of your life and the impact of the world. That's what it means to do what Jesus did.